0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous: A Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Sally A. from South Jersey, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, December fourth, two thousand fifteen. Today we are reading from the AA Big Book, and we will begin reading the third paragraph of page ten, beginning with "I had always believed." Through two paragraphs ending "snapped shut against." Such a theory, the first paragraph for context only, and we'll focus our sharing on the second paragraph read. Today's readers are for the 12 steps Ginger C, 12 traditions, Isabel F, and our readers for the text will be Larry K., Lisa H., and Iris G. The reference number for Thursday, December 3rd, 2015 is 8242. to read the twelve steps. Ginger. Ginger star one to unmute yourself.
1: Hi Sally. Good morning. Can you hear me?
0: I sure can. Go right ahead.
1: Thank you. Good morning everyone and thank you for your service, Sally. 10. Continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Ginger. I will now ask
0: Isabel F. to read the 12 traditions for us.
2: Good morning, everyone. It is Isabel F., a over overeater from Massachusetts. The 12 Tradition One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the competitive over-eater who, who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, less problems of money, property, property and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eleven, our public relations p- policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all of its traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Isabel.
0: Pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker's should be muted. Today we will resume our study of the AA Big Book on page 10, beginning with the third paragraph on the page where it says, I had always believed. We will read through two paragraphs ending with snapped shut against such a theory. The first paragraph is for context only. We will focus our sharing on the second paragraph read. I will now ask Larry K. to begin reading.
3: Good morning, Sally. Uh, thanks so much for your service. Appreciate it. Larry Kaye, Recovered Compulsible Reader from Chicago. I had always believed in a power greater than myself. I had often pondered these things. I was not an atheist. Few people really are for that means blind faith in the strange proposition that this universe originated in a cipher and aimlessly rushes nowhere. My intellectual heroes, the chemists, the astronomers, even the evolutionists suggested vast laws and forces at work. Despite contrary indications, I had little doubt that a mighty purpose and rhythm underlay all. How could there be such, so much of precise and immutable law and no intelligence? I simply had to believe in the spirit of the universe who knew neither time nor limitation, but that was as far as I had gone. With ministers and the world's religions, I parted right there. When they talked of a God personal to me who was love, superhuman strength, and direction, I became irritated, and my mind snapped shut again against such a theory. So, yeah, the... Uh, At the time that uh, Bill wrote this, you know, of course, uh, he was reflecting back on on all the reasons he had difficulties in accepting a power greater than himself. And again, you know, it's important for me to remember the context. I mean, you know, here was his friend, Abby, of course, we learned who simply came to pass his experience to Bill, you know, and and this guy, Thatcher, you know, he was a low bottom drunk and, and he wasn't drinking anymore. And uh, apparently he took some prescribed actions and he, he, he cultivated a, a God consciousness of some sort that infused in him with, you know, the power necessary to stop drinking. And, and so Bill's, he's got Bill's interest and, and, and you and I perhaps were interested too when we, you know, when we observed and, uh, you know, people in whom the problem had been solved. But now, see, you got me between a barrel and I, and I felt a bit trapped Um, And that's what I read in this paragraph, because by this, I mean, you know, on the one hand, you convinced me that I've got this fatal malady, this illness, this allergy of the body and obsession of the mind. And yet I'll be darned if if I'm going to accept a belief in God uh, or in a higher power and and this notion of, of God's mercy and grace as a means of recovery. And you see, the world and the people in it, you know, Bill reflected, you know, they're they're too sick for me to possibly accept that, that some sort of personal power exists in any discernible way. His mind snapped shut, and so did mine. And, uh, you know, with the ministers and the world's religions, I parted right there. You see, um, I was raised, uh, you know, among a community of believers uh, in God. They seemed to adhere to certain precepts that... They kind of showed others that they fit in the club, but you know they said the prayers, they celebrated the various holidays, they went to religious services held in the appropriate uh, structures, the buildings, and they memorized the songs and all that stuff. And they, and they and they occasionally did charitable things for others. The problem for me was I also saw them get real really angry at other people. I noticed uh, that in private they were different. They lied, they judged, they stole, kind of like I did and they hurt others and so this is where i parted and um you know and my mind snapped shut against uh, such a theory because i saw uh you know all sorts of inconsistencies and incongruencies you know with this and uh and i thought anybody that believed in a power you know personal to them they're they're nuts they're absolutely nuts and and so how am i going to how am i going to resolve this i see that on the one hand you know you're you're not drinking anymore, you're not eating anymore, but on the other hand, you know you lose me as soon as we get into the the whole God thing. Um, and so I, in step two, what it says is that you know, wrapping up, I'll say that you know some of us won't believe in God, others can't, and still others who do believe in that God exists have no faith whatever will perform this miracle. Thank God that um, I did at some point my my mind was no longer snapped shut uh, because that was the difference. And today I have a life beyond uh, beyond my wildest dreams. With that, I'll pass. Thanks.
0: Thanks so much, Larry. And who else would like to share on this second paragraph, three-minute pitch?
4: Amy G. Yes.
0: No. This that. is
5: Bella. Can I share?
0: I heard Amy G. Who was that second person?
5: No. Bella.
0: Well, I heard you. There's somebody before you. Who's that?
5: Tina F.
0: Tina F. Thank you. Awesome. O.
5: Awesome.
0: Anyone else before we get started? This is Becky K.
6: Okay. Anita you,
0: L. L. Anita L. Why don't we start with that? Okay, Amy G., you'll be first. Tina F., you'll be next then Bella, then Vasa, then Vex, Becky K., and then
4: Anita L. Amy, Amy G. Good morning, Sally. Thank you for your service. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive operator in Maryland, and I just had to take a few minutes to jump in here, so thanks for hearing my name. Boy, I became irritated and my mind snapped shut against such a theory, and I appreciate uh, Larry going into the review of where we are in the context of this. You know, He sees Ebby has, you know, sparkle in his eyes. He says, I've got religion, you know, but then he doesn't preach at him. He just, you know, he tells him what it was like and what happened and what the, you know, practical program is and what does Bill say? Bill says, I was shocked, but I was interested. Certainly I was interested. I had to be, for I was hopeless. You know, and here he is talking about God and, you know, but then his mind, his mind snaps shut. And what are we dealing with here? We're dealing with old ideas. Remembering how it works on page 58 of the big book, you know. Some of us tried to hold on to our old ideas, but the result was nil until we let go absolutely. I mean, they beg of us in in that chapter to be fearless and thorough. I mean, I don't know how many times they say beg in the big book, but I mean, they're literally begging. And why is that? Because they understand from experience and Bill from his own experience, when push comes to shove, this malady of compulsive overeating is a spiritual one. It is a spiritual malady. I tried to fill the hole in my soul with a knife and a fork. I mean, eating was not the problem. Food was not the problem. It was my answer, and the problem was me, my spiritual malady. I need a power greater than than myself to restore me to sanity. But I understand the snapshot thing. You know, I came to my first overeater's anonymous meeting, I heard hope, I identified in. I thought, oh my gosh, and then I heard the word God, and I literally stood up in the middle of the meeting and left. I was so firmly entrenched of my ideas, my old ideas, of my agnosticism, and they were killing me. But this disease this is, has quite a way of beating you into a sense of reasonableness, and I can tell you, I chill was caught between a rock and a hard place, but at that point, when the pain of where you are gets bad enough, you'll move. And Bill is saying, here I am, I'm hopeless. So you know what? I may not get all of this, but we'll see in the next paragraph. He becomes willing. You know, this disease beat me into sense of reasonableness and willingness to at least surrender to the fact that the power that I needed to stop compulsively overeating was not within me. Bill didn't need to learn how to stop drinking. He does that a hundred times. He needed to learn how to have the, have the obsession excel, expelled from him. I mean, if we go to the foreword of the AA 12 and 12, I was just reading it this morning. It says, AA's 12 steps are a group of principles, spiritual in nature, which if practiced as a way of life can expel the obsession to drink and for us to eat and enable us and enable the sufferer to become happily and usefully whole. That's what this program offers us. Bill may not know that at the time, but he knows he needs to figure out a way to get around not picking up that first drink. And that's what this program is about, uh, being willing to be separated from my binge fills and have the obsession expelled. And the only way to do that is a spiritual one. At some point, we all have to come up against that. And I, at that point, was willing to at least believe in those who had recovered and gone before, what I saw in their eyes, and what they told me would work. I was willing at least to be open-minded. Honest, open, and willing to do what it was to take the next step, surrender, and act as if on the whole higher power thing, and work these steps like like my life depend upon it. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Amy G. and Tina S.
7: Thanks, Sally. Tina S. uh, Compulsive eater, anorexic, uh, great stuff. You know, I too uh, from the world's religions and the ministers. You know, I parted right there and. You know, also to a God personal to me, you know, I heard that when it came into the rooms, but for my closed mindedness, which was has been shared, you know, I you know, I, I was irritated and you know, and I could never believe that I could uh be of uh, value to a God personal to me. You know, cause I always thought that I had to be somebody else or I had to be somewhere else and you know um you know I stuck around long enough because of the reason that I came here was for the diet so I stuck around long enough to hear people share um Tina maybe you ought to get a bigger God Tina maybe you ought to get a different God Tina maybe you ought to borrow my God and um and then you know I got and it, it has been shared already you know I was faced with I was faced with you know spiritual health or bitter end you know and and talks about that also and you know and I was like okay, I already been to the bitter end. You know, and for me, for my better end, I'm sure I could have been lower. But I finally, you know, grasped, okay, Tina. You know, even if, you know, I just borrowed my sponsor's God. And then things started to change. And, you know, and you know, I love when I listen to Harlan, is it auditors or is it God? You know, when I first heard that, I just like busted out laughing, but that's the truth. You know, is it a coincidence or is it God? You know, today I, I love to believe that it's God in my life you know and one day at a time because i have to say that for myself one day at a time when i ask god to keep me sober abstinent and sane in the morning when i do he does and then throughout the day i have a plan and you know and i I talk to other people in the rooms and i go to a meeting and i do all this stuff that you know that if i continue to do i continue to get what i got and and it's a life beyond my wildest dreams and and i'm so grateful and with that i'll pass
0: thank you tina and bella it's your turn
5: Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G., and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Sally, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. I parted right there. Oh, yes, before the program, I had I, I had an idea and a kind of belief of the power of God. And yes, I believe that that the power of God is, is a higher power and is a loving power, but I didn't have the tools to put this higher power, this such big power into my everyday life and into my everyday issues. And yes, like every human being, I had some issues, some feelings, that I didn't know how to put this loving power into my feelings like anger, jealousy, disappointed, sad. And then when I got very much confused, oh, here I have the loving power and here I am struggling with a not comfortable feelings and emotions. And my black and white thinking just direct me, oh. So if I have those not comfortable feelings, most probably I am not a good person because I am not like God. I am not that person that has mercy all the time and is happy all the time and is loving all the time. Uh, yes, I did have times that I didn't love some people. So then this power of God became into my mind as a punishing God and yes I deserve to be punished because I am not that good as God so I really didn't know how to deal with this higher power He is a loving power this is how other people talk but not to me because I don't know what to do with my feelings with my emotions and Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I am not there anymore. Today, I, I, through working the, the steps, I know how to deal with all those not comfortable feelings. And yes, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's painful. And today, I, my belief changed. Yes, today I believe and I know that there is a loving power and accepting power, and he is personal for me. He is there for you and for me at the same time. Thank you for letting me share, and
8: I pass.
0: Thank you, Bella. And Vasa, it's your turn. And Becky, you're up next.
8: Thank you. Thank you, Sally, for your serv- service, and good morning, everyone. I'm Vasa Oh Recover Compulsive calling from Florida. This is a beautiful little um, paragraph right, right here. With ministers and the world's religion, I parted right. The I um, I like Bill. He re, he's reflecting back, and I started reflecting back on my background, my religion. I, I was very, very skeptical. Skeptical. We came when I came into the twelve steps but I came in with with desperation. So I was just willing, and I was ready, and I was open to hear. Whatever I needed to hear about the food, you know, about the disease and about the allergy and the mental obsession, you know, because I had been, I came to the end of me. There was nothing more to try. But I did grow up in a religious home, you know, a person that read the Bible, you know, and uh, again, you know, I would question, well, if this person is so close to God. Reading the Bible, going to church, ministering at churches, why is this happening in our household? Well, this person was struggling with alcoholism, and there was a lot of food addiction also in my family. I just did not understand I did not understand about food addiction, about addictions, any kind of addictions, and especially years ago, people did not know you know, but somehow I thought, well, they should know. You know, when I came in the program, they're so close to God. You know, but anyways, uh, again, you know, we are all human beings. You know, we suffer from different things. But I'm so grateful that I came to Over It Is Anonymous, and I learned about my own my own addiction, and then to have compassion with other people that have that have um, addictions. You know, with different things. And I can be there if I need to speak up and say something, and I could do that. So I'm just so, so grateful. You know, again, I have a God of my own understanding, and I needed to separate my parents from the God that I know today. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you,
0: Vasa and Becky Kay And Anita L., you'll be up next. Thank you, Sally, for your service and thank you everyone for sharing. This is Becky Kay from Maryland and I'm a
1: recovered compulsive overeater.
0: Um boy, when it says here my mind snapshot, this is so um so interesting and I'd like to share actually from two points of view or two lenses. Um for me When I came into the rooms, um, I know the the moment everyone started talking about God, um, my mind definitely snapped shut. Um, I I truly believed in God, and I had my own religion. And even though y'all started talking about God, I thought you were some sort of cult, and I was like, okay, I have my own God. Thank you very much. But what I learned from the rooms, and as I kept coming, that I did not have a relationship with my God. Even though I said um, the Lord's prayer every day, thy will be done, I didn't live it. I didn't do thy will. I did my will. I did my things, my idea, my, my, my self-will run rampant. So when I came into the rooms, I became open and willing. and, And thankfully, I did gain that spiritual awakening that allowed me to um, recover from this this serious, terrible disease. Because as step one says, we're powerless. Step two says, a power greater than us can help us. And then as we work the steps, we then become more um, more aligned with God and we have that spiritual awakening. So, so, and I think a lot of people have already shared before me, and I was just so grateful to hear from people like Amy and Bella and, and everyone, um, but what I also like to do is, is sort of now share from the perspective of others. We know that not only ourselves, but as Bill writes, you know, when people start talking about God, their minds snap shut. And so, as we carry this message, as we continue to not only talk in these meetings or or share in face-to-face meetings, we all need to recognize especially those of us that had that spiritual awakening, that when others join us, their minds snap shut the minute we talk about God. And we have to remember, as the chapter working with others says, you know, we don't start out with, okay, this spiritual awakening. We have to have people identify in. You know, there's a process. And that's why working with others is so written. Because Bill tried. He was going around saying, you know, I got religion. And that's why when he worked with those first, um, you know, several alcoholics, he was kind of, you know, banging his head against the world. because why isn't this working? Why isn't this working? And others, including Dr. Bob and, and even Carl Jung, you know, came in and said, you know, look, you, you can't start with this, you know, God thing first. You've got to let them identify in. And so I just want to share that that you know, we all know our minds snap shut, but as we're carrying this message, recognize that other people's minds are snap shut too. And so we have to work with them so we can have them identify in with us and really look at that chapter working with others so we can really carry this message, which is about spiritual awakening and unsnapping people's minds. So thank you for letting me share.
9: Thank you for sharing,
0: Becky. Hi. Anita
9: L. Good morning, everybody. This is Anita L. from Philadelphia. Uh, This paragraph really talked to me this morning because, uh, well, first of all, uh, I get a phone call at 6.30, and we were talking about higher power today and and, uh, the beauty of it and how only through asking my higher power to release me from the obsession from food can that happen? Because on my own will, it, I tried so many zillions of times, zillions, and uh, never could do it. So what? But what I wanted to share, and what I wanted to share, is that um, where it said I became irritated and my mind snapped shut against such a theory. And what theory is that about a God personal to me? So uh, when I was 17, uh, I was first introduced to OA, someone shared with my mom that I might want to go to this program, and uh, I asked a friend about if she ever heard of it, and she said, oh yeah, I went to a meeting, they talk about God there. Well, my mind snapped shut right then, and I said, oh, well, forget that, I'm not going there. And then I was lucky, because uh, I only had to go for six more years, and when I was 23, I came to OA, and... uh, and I became, I came because I was really desperate, and someone did share with me about the program. and And I didn't even know it was a 12-step program. I just thought it was another weight loss group. I was at the top of my weight again. And when they talked about God, I... You know, I don't remember. It was over 37 years ago, so I'm not quite sure. But I believe that it just kind of like went right over my head. You know, I didn't really pay attention to that. However, four months into the program, I was I was crying. I was so upset. I didn't know how I could handle life. And all of a sudden, the thought popped into my mind. In o a they say, Let go and let God, and that was my spiritual experience. I just had to be with my higher power right then and um and I met my God on a personal level and i I truly was transformed, and I know that not only from my own feeling. I went to my gym afterwards, and a friend of mine was walking out of the gym as I was walking in, and she said to me, Oh, my gosh, where have you been? You're glowing. Those were her exact words. That was 37 and a half years ago, and I can remember it like it was yesterday. And it was God. And uh, originally what I wanted to share was that uh, I know I'm short Hi. on time. Yeah, all right. Well, I guess that's what God wanted me to say. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Sally. Thank you, Anita L.
0: I'm going to just ask if there are a few more people that have a burning desire to share on this paragraph before we move forward. Melissa C. Mary Josephine D. Mary.
10: Josephine?
0: I just wanted to take two or three. I heard Melissa. I heard Mary. I didn't hear the last initial of Mary. Mary K.
10: Yeah. And Josephine,
0: okay, and Josephine, let's go with those three, and then we'll move on, okay, Melissa,
6: hi, good morning, Sally. This is Melissa St. a recovered compulsive overeater in New York, and um, you know, I just think about how my mind was snap shut against lots of things and certainly against um a loving God that could do something for me personally um you know I um I definitely bristled at that. I, You know, the idea that there was some great power out there, I got that. But that it was going to be any use for me and what I saw as just a weight and food problem, um, you know, that was just kind of beyond me. And, um, you know, and then enough suffering <laughs> You're up for me, enough suffering, you know, like they say, it beats us into a state of reasonable uh, you know, I suffered enough that I was like, you know what, maybe maybe they're not so crazy after all. The people that are talking here about the, the, some sort of a loving relationship with the power, you know, may, maybe maybe there's some truth to this. And, um, you know, and then when um, I, I'm just so grateful that there were so many loving people um, in my past, um, you know, through this fellowship, nobody forced their higher power um, onto me, and I think that's, you know, so critical here, so crucial, and that when I work with other people, too, um, you know, I really talk about the fatal nature of this disease. I spend a lot more emphasis on that because I think when that point gets driven home, um, you know, snapping the door shut um doesn't seem like such a great idea after all. And, um, you know, and so it's all about forming your own personal relationship with a higher power. And uh, thank you. With that, all. will
0: Thanks, Melissa. It's Melissa C. And Mary A. Good morning, everybody.
11: Um, hi, it's Mary. I'm sorry about my voice. But um, thank you so much for all your shares. Um, and you know what I was really thinking of uh, was about Bill W., when he, um, when Ebbie Thatcher, I believe it was Ebbie, who came to him, and he just said, you know, he can't buy this religion stuff, yet he was from a religious family when he was a child. And he said, but, you know, what about um, formulating the thought of finding up, you know, the God of your understanding? And that opened the door only slightly to that at the end of his life, when I think of you know our Sunday meetings, and we get so much history from a lot of the men that come on, and I was shocked because I know that Ebby and I share the same faith. I have always had faith, but I get it you know because I have friends that are atheists, agnostics and and we're all different, and um I'm very careful with how I talk, you know to to not close that door shut, but here he was telling us on that Sunday. That and somebody needs to mute. That's not my noise. Um, he was saying to us that Ebby, you know, not Ebby, Bill Wilson, uh, at the end, you know, during his lifetime, he wanted to even come to my faith. We share a basic faith. I never even share what my faith is, but most of us know what Bill Wilson was. But he actually wanted. So much he came to see the people in my faith he wanted to take on that faith, but he felt he would hurt others if he was to do what he truly loved now, and it found that was his particular truth. But, you know, I think of what Larry was saying. I was listening to that recording over and over again what Larry said, and if some of you are listening, you don't know about the recording line. It works like a recorder. You go forward, you go backwards. You can hear something over and over again. But Larry was saying if our abstinence is because of somebody, you know, it it really is all wrong. It's because it's really supposed to just be contingent, contingent completely on God. And so it's wonderful that we can come here. And um, like I said, I'm, I don't believe that ever once did Bill ever say his religion even. He was that careful to not want to hurt people. And that's how I am. I really believe that I don't have to say my faith or try to sell it. But um, I'm just so grateful that the openness, as we watch, like Bill said, you know, at first people come. They can't even say the word God. But before you know it, people are just become open And the biggest thing, and I'll end on this, is when I meet people, I say, what I have found about God, it's a real living God. I have experienced It's not something in a book. And I challenge you, if you were to ask, if you're really real God, if there's something like all those stories in the back of the big book, would you come into my heart today? That's where I've seen the
10: change. Thanks for
11: listening.
0: Thanks for sharing, Mary A. and Josephine.
10: Hi, uh, Good morning. This is Josephine. Thank you, Sally, and thank you, everyone, for being here. Um, uh, Josephine G. from Dallas, a, comp- a compulsive overeater, recovered compulsive overeater. Uh, I love the whole reading, and I love um, how it transitions. I don't know if Bill had experience with writing, but I think this is a beautiful uh, literary piece to help us reflect or help me reflect on my recovery. And so... When Larry started reading, he's talking intellectually. So he's talking about his faith, but he's talking about intellectual heroes, the chemists, the astronomers, the evolutionists, the laws, the forces. Uh, None of these things are personal. Uh, He's talking about precise and immutable laws. Um, You know, a spirit of the universe, so like out there, uh, and when things are actually at a further perspective, I can put my hand over it. Like, I can still control it. And then these transitions in the language here with ministers. Ministers is personal. So, like, um, the word is at the root of administer. And so, that, like, it comes to me. something's given to me. And the word religion. So, the word religion actually means to be bound, like a ligament. It's right in the middle of the word, L-I-G. So with being bound, I parted right there. You know, when they talked about a personal God who was love, uh, superhuman strength. So that means beyond human strength, which is going to be beyond my strength. I can't put my hand over it now because the perspective is coming so close. It's right in my face. I can't I can't control it anymore. And then he says he's irritated and his mind snaps shut. So it. What I'm reading here is, is my snapshot to that which is personal on the heart level coming deeper than the mind level? So is my snapshot because it's not safe? And as a recovering addict, I I am a religious person. I've always been a religious person. Um, But I wasn't bound. Like I was was in character, but I wasn't letting myself be bound. Uh, And as I worked through the 12 steps, one of the things I discovered was the massive ego that lived in the center of me.
3: And, and I would have
10: those mind snap shut moments. And when my mind was snap shut and my heart would snap shut, it would be when my self God, which lied at the center of that ego, that self God, was being threatened. Um, and so I just love here this morning. It challenges me to hear this and to read it, um, to remember um, to let God be God and to remember how addicts are we want to be our own god uh and and the intellectual level is safe but the heart level to to be bound to surrender um you know that's where the business gets real uh and so i really love this paragraph i love that we reread the same things over and over (laughs) and i think this is really um from just a literature perspective the words here say a lot to me uh and with that i'll pass Thank you so much, Josephine, and
0: I'm going to ask Lisa H. to read the first paragraph on page 11, beginning where it says, to Christ I conceded. One paragraph only, please, Lisa.
12: Thank you, Sally. Can you hear me okay?
0: I sure can. Go ahead.
12: Okay. To Christ I conceded the certainty of a great man, not too closely followed by those who claimed him. His moral teaching, most excellent. For myself, I had adopted those parts which seemed convenient and not too difficult. The rest I disregarded. Um, Good morning, everyone. This is Lisa H. grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Memphis, Tennessee. And um, these these paragraphs we've read this morning are sort of the crux for me to becoming recovered. Um, I say that because I grew up with a very angry God and certainly my understanding was that you know Christ's teaching was excellent and showed great love um, for others but these two things were really difficult for me to reconcile so when i left the church of my childhood um, it became okay for me to change my concept of god Um, it was much easier for me to come to believe that Um, the God of my understanding is gentle and kind
3: and loving.
12: Um, and because I ate poorly, I wasn't a bad person or because I ate well, I was a good person. Um, but I came to understand that, that God could and would, um, do for me what I couldn't do for myself. Um, hence this concept of God with this concept of God, I was able to develop a relationship um, with God that helped me get through the steps and helps me get through each day um, a- and stay recovered one, one day at a time. And with that, I'll
0: pass. Thank you so much, Lisa. And I'm going to jump in here for just a minute. I'm Sally A., a recovered compulsive overeater in South Jersey. And what I wanted to say about these paragraphs that we're reading this morning is that we see at the bottom of page 10 Bill is now introducing us to the struggle in his mind. He tells us in an earlier paragraph on the bottom of 10, I simply had to believe. He knows that he had, he knows he's got to do something different. I had to believe in something. And then at the bottom of the page, he's telling us of the struggle that he has with all the different aspects of the world's religions and how he, you know, has his own pride, his own prejudice, his own perspective of what it means for him to believe. And now here we are on page 11, where he begins at the top of the page to present the actual struggle that's going on in his mind. And what I see at the top of the page, he's talking about to Christ, I can see, okay, he was a great man, not too closely followed. So he's got some judgment about how people were following this Christ that's being presented here in these 12 steps. And by those who claimed him, he's judging them. He goes on to himself, basically expose his own hypocrisy by saying, for myself, I had adopted those parts which seemed convenient and not too difficult. So is he any different than those guys who, who not so closely followed that great man? And he says, honestly, I'm, the rest I disregarded. So he's really openly exposing himself to his own, um, his own self-judgment, his own self-appraisal that he himself realizes and recognizes that he himself is not that different from these other guys that he's looking upon, that they didn't so closely followed. This Christ. And that's all that that is saying to me. is, And I think we're going to see that he's going to expound over and over on this wrestling of his mind. And what's most important that I want to say this morning about what this, what this page and these paragraphs mean to me is that it's not an eating problem. It's a thinking problem. We have to come to peace with our thinking. We have to make peace with a higher a power greater than ourselves. And that's what we see him doing here is making peace with the wrestlings and the rumblings of his mind. Thanks for letting me share. With that, I pass. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph on the top of page 11?
13: Kim G. Reva P.
0: Kim, I heard you, Reva. Anyone else? Okay. Kim G, and then Reva, Reva P.
12: Good morning, Sally. Oh, i I forgot my timer. Good morning, Sally. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. And I'm going to read this a little bit differently because I'm going to talk to the people like me who've been around OA for decades because this really helped me understand why I could not, quote, unquote, get this program. So it says here to Christ, and I'm going to read to OA. To OA... I can see a certainty of a great program, but not too closely followed by those who claimed it. The 12-step moral teaching most excellent, but for myself, I had adopted those parts which seemed convenient and not too difficult, and the rest I disregarded. I mean, after all, I was told in the rooms, take what you want and leave the rest. So why don't I have the option to disregard what I want to disregard? But as I'm going through this, think about your own experience. I'm going to share my own experience of a couple decades in OA, but think of your own experience and how that's worked for you and not worked for you. You know, my experience is many OA meetings in my area don't have an abstinence requirement, so really abstinence can't be that important if you're leading a meeting. You know, I was told that I need to do the steps in order to get abstinence, which is actually the opposite of what the program of recovery tells us. I was, I was taught that the definition of recovery was the days of abstinence and your food plan and how much weight loss you had. You know, I, was in for, I would see people in L.A. for decades who were only getting 90 days and relapsing, 90 days and relapsing. You know, when I came back from relapse and people tried to tell me what I was doing wrong, I was told that I wasn't doing enough meetings. I wasn't doing enough phone calls. It was all about the tools. You know, I was told that this whole program was about suggestions, that the steps were really optional, and that sponsoring was for gurus. Those, I didn't need to sponsor. I didn't need to work with people. And I also the meetings that I went to were group therapy. I mean, most OA meetings that I went to, but once again, my experience is if you came in 10 minutes late, which a lot of OA people do, and you miss the rest reading of the, t- of the 12 steps, I would have no idea. I would think it's a marriage counseling center. I would think it's a way to, you know, how, to, how you treat your kids and, and what's going on in your day. Getting current was the big thing in my area. Let me get current with what my bitching is for this week. So this is what I had to look at. Was it really that the 12-step program didn't work? Or did I have prejudices and preconceived notions about what the 12-step program is? And for my experience was I had worked the fellowship really hard for well over 17 years. And what I had to concede now is if that wasn't working, I had to actually work the program of recovery. And that's, once again, for myself. Ask yourself, if you are suffering and you are thinking, I can't do this one more time, ask yourself, have I adopted those parts in the 12-step program that seem convenient and not too difficult? and the rest I disregarded, and with that I pass.
13: Thanks, Kim. And Reva P. Good morning. This is Reva P., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. Thank you so much for all the sharing. Uh, What these paragraphs and this one um, as well reminds me is um, that the shift from step one, where I'm utterly powerless and defeated and can't go, 24 hours without binging my face off um, to coming to believe in something bigger and more powerful than myself um, is all about changing my thinking and um, looking at my old ideas and realizing they don't work for me. And the first old idea was if I just eat this, I'll feel better. If I just binge the whole night away, I'll feel better. And I had to get to a step one where I was utterly defeated, totally deflated, and realized I couldn't do it. And if I'm realizing I can't do it, then the next logical thought would be something else um needs to help me. Um and that is a power that's not me. Um, and you know, this is a process and it's not just about the first part when we put the food down for me, it's every day. I have prejudices and very strong thoughts of how things should be. Um, even within program, I can sort of have that blind spot where I think I have to do it this way. I have to go here. The schedule has to be this, um, and, um, that's what needs to change it's just becoming willing just opening that door a tiny crack and acknowledging that my way does not work it just does not work and i love in the 12 and 12 the aa 12 and 12 and it says who wants to do this stuff who wants to start coming to believe in a higher power? Who wants to write inventories? None of us. Because we just want to do what we want to do the same old way, and I just want to do it. Please, thank you very much. I'll take what I like, and I don't won't do the other stuff. But I have to concede to my innermost self that I'm dying when I do it myself, and I'm making messes with my body physically and all around in all areas of my life. So that's what gets me to be willing. And thank you, God, God or my higher power raises the bar. I don't have to be as miserable um, and dig as deep to say, okay, I'm listening. Let me do the work um, so I can recover. With that, I pass. Thank
0: you so much, Reba P. I think we have time for one or two more. One more. Hi, this is Kathy Kay.
14: Oh, good. Go ahead, Kathy. Take the last share. Thank you, Sally, for your service. I'm a Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Boston, and uh, I'm listening to everyone today and reflecting on my own journey. And the turning point for me was when my sponsor uh, suggested that I write out my definition of God or higher power, what I wanted and needing, needed it to be. Um, and uh, that allowed me to envision a power greater than myself, whereas I had been an agnostic for 40-some-odd years before. And as I began to live with this definition and turn to it every day for help and support, and guidance, um, I started to develop a vital connection with it. Um, I also found that asking other people in the program who had worked the steps and who um, had a strong connection with a higher power how they came to believe and what their higher power looked like. Um, And those two um, activities really launched my spiritual program. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Kathy. And with that, I'm going to say thank you to everyone who has shared. I would like to invite you to please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following our closing. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. And I will ask Iris G. to please read for us A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hi, Sally. Um, Did you call me? I sure did. Okay. Hi, this is Iris G., a recover compulsive eater from New York. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick.